Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Many of you know this, but uh, my dad's side of the family is Jewish. And the part you may not know is every man and woman on that side of the family are all salesmen or women. Right? So I grew up with a lot of that kind of talk and way of seeing the world. And as I got older, a lot of my friends were artists. So I got to understand a lot of the marketing and advertising kind of world. My family lives in Chicago. It's a huge part of the industry in Chicago, marketing and advertising. So there's something in my bones that feels when we have a really long reading and we make you stand the whole time, that this is just like the worst marketing and advertising and sales ever, right? Like, oh, Father, we went to church and you stand and people's attention span is five minutes with a screen. There's no screen and you're just talking over and over again. We hear the same story. And yet there's something about the church that's just like, yeah, we don't care. We think it's that important. Like, we know how important marketing and advertising and sales is to woo and draw and convince. And yet there's certain things in life where we say, yeah, we don't care about that now. What we care about is the power, the beauty, and the meaning of what we celebrate this week. We really do believe that what we celebrate this week is the, what do you want to call this, the pivot point. Either we have hope because of what this week did or we don't. This past week I got to hear a lecture from a clinical psychologist from Toronto. He might be the most watched person on YouTube at this point. He was in Ohio giving a couple talks. I went to see him. He's moved from clinical psychology to kind of philosophy and cultural commentator on what's going on in the world. And he's turned his sights a lot to the Judeo-Christian story, the Bible, morals, ethics, etc. I went to see him and he made this very interesting point. He said, what we choose to look at, perception, is based on values and ethics. He says, your eyes take in a lot of information in a given minute, but what you really focus on is something you're intending. You want to look at something, and you're looking at something because you think it has value. This was in the back of my mind when I was thinking about Holy Week. What do we look at, or maybe better, who do we look at during Holy Week? Well, the Holy One, God made flesh in Jesus. And what we see is this great descent. God, creator of the stars, can ride roller rinks on the rings of Saturn if he wants to. He's God, okay? And he descends at Christmas into this world. And this week what he does is he descends into human poverty. Not the kind of poverty where you don't have money, but the kind of poverty where you know you don't have what it takes. He enters into that. He enters into human brokenness. 
mockery. He enters into vulnerability and weakness. He enters into all the places where he is outnumbered, overpowered. And he enters into it. And he goes there because we're there. Every one of us has felt inadequate, poor, little, not enough, overwhelmed. And if you currently don't have those experiences, it won't take much of you looking into your story at times when you have. And what most people do is move beyond it as quick as they can. I don't want to think about that. That was confusing, painful, overwhelming, awkward, quote-unquote, bad. And yet where Jesus draws our attention this week is to these realities. And he goes there not to fix us, but to be with us. You know, right up the street, St. Joseph's is a Byzantine church. They're Catholics, but the Eastern Catholics, they don't have Holy Week. They have what's called the week of the bridegroom. God is a divine bridegroom, and he comes to meet and save his bride, the church. It's an analogy, so gentlemen, don't get too strange on me, okay? You're his beloved, okay? So Jesus goes into the places where we have felt poor. I don't have what it takes. Weak, inadequate, overwhelmed, outnumbered, confused, betrayed, taken advantage of. And he goes there with all the tender, unwavering, vowed love of a spouse. And as we keep our eyes on him, what we find this Sunday is, and from rock bottom, a tomb, death, utter poverty, utter nothingness, all the beauty of new life emerges. In here is the human journey. This isn't just a Christian journey. It's the human journey for flourishing. That's why Jesus came to show us this. If human beings want to flourish and become fully alive, they have to face the places where they are afraid, overwhelmed, they feel broken, weak, the places they've labeled as bad and wanted to move on. It's in there where all the love and grace and transforming power of Jesus resides. I've only been a priest seven and a half years. I think. It might be eight and a half. I can never remember how the math goes. But regardless, not even ten years. But I can tell you, nine times out of ten, when someone comes to me and says, I never really experienced Jesus. People talk about these God moments. I don't really know what they're all about. I don't get it. It doesn't take long to discover parts of their story that they have been running from for a long time. If I were to sum up the gospel of our culture, it's run away from every time you feel weak, blame everyone who made you feel that way, and get as strong as possible so you never have to be vulnerable. It's the exact opposite of Holy Week. So where Jesus draws our attention is what God values. What does God value? 
all the places in you and in me that are crying out for love, attention, forgiveness. The places in us that are full of questions of, am I good? Do I matter? Are the mistakes scarlet letters on me that can never be removed? Or does Jesus' blood and forgiveness really wash it away? Is it naive to have hope? This week we invite you to take so seriously the descent of God into your own and my own weaknesses. So that come Sunday we can get the glimpse and the good news that he really can bring life out of the tomb. He really can fill us with riches in our poverty, strength in our weakness. He's waiting for us there. So tonight at 7 p.m. we'll have a holy hour. Simple one, nothing fancy, just in here to get our heart and mind lined up as we enter the week. Wednesday night at 6.30 be our last chance for confessions. Just Father Matt and I will be here to hear confessions if you haven't made it yet this Lenten season. Holy Thursday, we'll have the beautiful liturgy here and we'll have evening adoration in the parish center with divine mercy chanted at 10 p.m. The Good Friday service, the Easter vigil where 13 members will become a part of the Catholic Church and of course the Sunday celebrations. All of it is a journey for us, not just yay Jesus, good for you 2,000 years ago, but to begin to experience like a good father, God gently but firmly walking us into the places we all are nervous about so that he can show us, I never stopped and never will stop loving you and guiding you from this place to the glory of Easter. Why don't we see saints anymore? Or not enough, I should say? Because this journey is really, really hard. It is not easy to face the things that have hurt us the most and that we're most afraid of. But this clinical psychologist said, every good psychologist calls it exposure therapy, getting you to face these things. And he says, what happens is, it's not that fear goes away, it's that bravery increases. And we're able to make the journey following Jesus' Paschal mystery so he who descended can ascend, and we who descend also can ascend and find the hope and good news of being Christian.